Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Happy Friday, football fans, and welcome into another edition of the Chase Podcast. I'm Isaac Sines, and I thank you for joining me. In today's episode, NFL defensive tackle Jarrell Worthy and I discuss trending topics from around the NFL. We discuss some landing spots for Jadavion Clowney and Trent Williams, and we'll also break down the Cowboys contract talks with Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, and Ezekiel Elliott. The Fall is another production of the Chase Podcast, covering the latest news and analysis around the National Football League. Turn the volume up. The Chase is on and the Chase is live. Now, let's save the money. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome into the Pro Football Chase Podcast. It's Isaac Signs with you, and joining me for today's episode is NFL defensive tackle Jarrell Worthy. Worthy has joined me a couple of times before and given some player perspective, so I'm very excited to get him on to discuss some topics that are going on around the league. So, Jarrell, how are you doing today, bro? Man, I am doing excellent. Um, it is a great Friday. Uh, I'm excited for the weekend to come up, come about. Um, uh, we have more preseason games tonight, and uh, I am excited um, to get a chance to watch those as well. That's right, man. It's uh, one of those exciting times. We got some NFL in prime time again. We saw the Cardinals and Raiders on ESPN last night as Kyler Murray, the number one overall pick of the 2019 NFL Draft, took the field. Now, he clearly did struggle, Jarrell. I'm not sure how much of the game you saw, and it is just week two of the preseason, but three for eight, 12 yards. Looks like he had some trouble with the pre-snap counts and his clapping, and they made an issue about that. The officials released a statement and said that Murray was being too abrupt in his clap and not smooth enough to start with his hands together. So I know it's still early. People are overreacting. Some people are cutting him down. From what you saw from Murray, if you did see the game, give me some of your thoughts. Um, You know, I mean, like any rookie's going to have a bad game. Um, I think, you know, with everything that's going on, he's still trying to get a hold of the system. Um, his coach is also trying to get a hold of the NFL system. I mean, it's a it's a big transition for the both of them. Um, so, you know, taking those mannerisms that, you know, that was on display last night as far as the, the snap count, um, you know, that's a college type of mannerism, you know, and trying to bring that over to the NFL system. Um, I think they tried to make a little bit of point of emphasis last year, you know, Lamar Jackson and the way that they kind of do some things out there. Um, you know, aggressive defensive linemen and, and linebackers blunting off the edge are always going to, you know, 
be keen on, you know, anything that flinches, moves, um, you know, to try to get any type of advantage. So when you're, you know, making those type of hand gestures like that, um, you know, it's going to be uh, it's going to be hard to get away with in the NFL because of the fact that um, defense alignment and, and uh, linebackers are, are keen on those things. So um, I guess they're just going to have to go back to the drawing board and have opportunity to, to try again in week three, which is uh, the most important week of the preseason. That's right. Week three is tabbed as the dress rehearsal, so we see most of the starters for at least the first half of the game. But before we get into some other topics, I did want to give a brief injury roundup as some news surfaced before we started recording. Jarrell, I'm not sure if you saw, but a couple of big-time injuries to some big players. You got Derwin James, a safety for the Chargers, who's dealing with a fractured fifth metatarsal in his right foot and is out indefinitely and apparently it looks like he's going to be out for several weeks of the regular season and then you've Mm -hmm. got a gruesome injury man and a just devastating loss for the Jets as they lose Avery Williamson their starting inside linebacker for the entire year with a torn ACL um it's definitely going to be uh you know tough for the Jets um you know, but at the end of the day, they still have a tough defense, man. I still believe in the system that they run. Um, I believe that, you know, that that position right there, uh, as long as you have a, a linebacker that is capable of, of being um, sound and and um, and pass in the passing game, um, if he's if he's good as far as coverages, then you'll be able to fill the voids um, as far as the run game. They have a great defensive line up front, so um, I still believe in the Jets and their ability to to be able to overcome this injury. Um, but as far as, you know, Derwin James and, and, and the Chargers, man, um, it's tough, man, you know, because they, you know, they believe that Derwin James is going to be the replacement for Eric Whittle. So you, when you have that situation and a guy that plays so freely and, and makes so many plays for that defense and um, is such a big part of the communication factor, um, it's going to be tough for that defense to be able to, to overcome um, his absence. So, um, I think I think put the onus on, you know, Joey Bosa and, and Ingram up front uh, because, you know, they're going to have to get home a lot faster now. Yeah, and to your point, Jarrell, on Derwin James, the good thing about the Chargers, I know losing a player like James, that's a big, tough pill to swallow considering the type of versatility he brings to that back end of that defense. Now, they still have Adrian Phillips, who is a pro bowler in his own right. They brought him back on a one-year deal, so they did have depth at that position. So they may be okay with Phillips slotting in as their starter until James gets fully healthy. But nonetheless, man, you hate to see these injuries so early into the year and preseason, and these are meaningless games, so that's what makes these injuries even more devastating for these teams and for us as spectators. But on to the first point today, Jarrell, as I talked to you off the air, one of the main talking points today is the Dallas Cowboys and their ongoing contract talks with Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, and Amari Cooper. We'll start with Prescott first, Jarrell, as we've heard reports out there that Prescott and his agent, they've turned down a deal worth $30 million per year, which would have put them tied for fifth in the league with Matt Ryan at that salary. You know that he's in training camp, so he's not holding out as he enters the final year of his deal. He's a fourth-round pick. 
You know, I'd say he's exceeded expectations up to this point. He's 32-16 and 16 as a starter, 67 touchdowns, 25 interceptions. So give me your thoughts on Dak Prescott, Jarrell. What do you think the Dallas Cowboys should do in these negotiations? Man, so I think, uh, you know, at this point in time right now, when you're looking at it, everybody's kind of playing hardball uh, with Jerry Jones. Um, I think they you finally have a group a group of young men that are in a position to to kind of hold the owner hostage, I would say, because um, these guys make up so much of their offense. Um, you know, I think, you know, that Prescott turning down that that contract was very, very. Uh, I'm not sure if that was the smartest move on on on, you know, on his on his part. You know, obviously, you know, at that point in time, you're betting on yourself. Um, but if you look at the numbers and what he and what he, you know, he's always been a middle of the pack type of guy um, to be able to get, you know, top five quarterback money. Um, I mean, you you you've clearly, ex, you know, exceeded expectations. Um, but I guess, you know, something is, you know, someone's either telling him or something in his mind that's telling him to to uh, to bet bigger. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, if I was his agent, I would I would have clearly, you know, signed a contract of of. Uh, of the 30 million per year, unless the, unless the small language in the contract was, uh, wasn't to your liking, which is uh, something that we haven't been uh, disclosed yet. Yeah, that's right. And here's the, the current highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL for all those listening. Russell Wilson currently number one, 35 million per year. Big Ben got an extension that's going to pay him 34 million. That puts him second. Aaron Rodgers is third, 33 and a half million. And then Carson Wentz, who just got that big multi-year extension from Philadelphia, who's at 32 million. And then it goes to Matt Ryan at 30 million at number five. And so one of the main storylines that I've been hearing around these Dak Prescott, Dallas Cowboys negotiations is that Dak Prescott and his team, they do not want to settle for less money than what Carson Wentz is making, which is that $32 million mark per year. Because if you're Dak Prescott and you compare apples to apples, Prescott has a better resume than Carson Wentz and has been available as far as health-wise. And so Prescott clearly saying, hey, wait a second. If Wentz is going to get $32 million, I've done far more than he has up to this point, which is why they are aiming for that mid $30 million number. I mean, I def- he definitely has an argument there. I mean, obviously, um, you know, have an opportunity that he's had and, you know, the success he's had at beating them in the division. Um, you know, he has an argument for that, for that case. But you got to understand, these guys have been to the Super Bowl. I mean, like they're – they're clearly, you know, uh, the favorites to win the, the, the uh, you know, they're clearly the favorite to win the, the NFC East next year. Um, you know, these guys have, have already been set up for success. I mean, he's been proven, you know, he's won playoff games and, and likewise or whatever. I mean, not he hasn't won playoff games, but he's been successful, um, you know, up until this point. You know, I guess you have to pay Carson Wentz because, you know, he's kept his mouth shut. Um, and the team has had success um, when he's been in there. So, um, you know, Dak Prescott, man, I think at the end of the day, man, just get, just get, you know, great money. You know, at the end of the day, you, you, when you come into the league, you never thought that you would be able to make $30 million a year. Um, so I would never, I would never uh, give them the, the ability to take that away, you know, cause 
Um, you know, having middle of the pack numbers, you know, at the end of the day, a GM can can honestly sit back and say, hey, you know, maybe we can find someone else. Uh, maybe we can find another person that are, that are not make mistakes and um, that can become available. So um, at the end of the day, man, thirty million dollars a year is, is something that no one, you know, what I mean, something somebody dreams of. So uh, I, I definitely would have took the money. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure, man. Certainly a lot of money, life changing type of dough for a quarterback like Dak Prescott, who many didn't even expect to really be a a name in this league, and he has. And so on that note, Jarrell, let's go ahead and talk about another key cog of this young Dallas Cowboys roster that is away from the team right now in Cabo, Mexico, training Ezekiel Elliott. He's led the NFL in rushing two of the last three seasons He's holding out. He clearly wants to become the highest paid running back in the NFL despite him being under contract for the next two seasons. We know the Cowboys, they exercised his fifth year option for the 2020 season. And so the Cowboys are trying to hold firm on their end, offering him a contract that would make him in the top five highest paid at the running back position. We know Elliott does not want that. He wants to reset the market in top girly. So when you take a look at this whole situation, you see Jerry Jones coming on the radio saying, hey, we believe in Tony Pollard, our fourth round pick, that he can carry the load if need be. You know, give me what you would do if you're the Dallas Cowboys. How do you handle and resolve this Ezekiel Elliott holdout? Um, I think basically what Jerry Jones is doing is betting on his offensive line. Um, I don't think it's necessarily the, the, the Pollard kid that they believe in um, so much. Um, I think what it is for him is he's betting on his offensive line to get the job done and um, to remain healthy and, and to you know play at that, that all-pro level that they, those guys are accustomed to. And so, you know, I think that that's really where his uh, his his bet lies, um, you know. But for Zeke, man, you got to you got to do what you got to do. You got to set the market, man. You got I mean, those guys have been using you, um, you know, since you've been in the NFL. Uh, you know, you've gotten some some you've taken some flack for the things that you've done off the field, you know. But at the end of the day, when it comes to putting on the pads, when it comes to, to playing on Sundays, you've been available and and uh and and at the end of the day, you you given your all. So I think that um, you know, do what's best for you. You know, Le'Veon set the standard last year that you know all the all these things are possible, and that you can go out there and make some money. And and I think that he's in he's definitely within his right to do so. Um, uh, I mean, he's he's going to be available, man, he, and he's definitely he's definitely a workhorse. So if I was Jerry, he's gonna I would pay him. He's he's putting Jerry in a in a position that to. To, for him to pick and see who's the most important uh, person on the team. <laughs> yeah, so and, I, and yeah, like he's putting them in that position to be like, "Hey, how how important am I to you?" Um, and so it's, it's it can get it can get tough in that regard. So we'll see how it goes, man. And you also look at his usage rate. No back is used as much as Elliott over the last three seasons than the right. Cowboys and Elliott. So you look at that, man, and a lot of uh, fans don't understand that there is a business side to the NFL. And Ezekiel Elliott, when you look at his case, this is his time, man, to get paid big money because when you, yeah, man, because when you play the running back position drill, you know more than a lot of us because you play the game. 
you know that these running backs are consistently taking hits every single play. Elliott has the ball in his hands 85 to 90% of the time. So all it takes is one play that can knock him out and it can completely derail his career and his chances to make some money, man, for his long-term future, not only in the NFL, but we're talking out of football life. So I completely understand where Elliott is coming from on his end. And then for the Cowboys, I understand their side because now you got Prescott, you got Elliott, and you also have Amari Cooper, who is just 24. He's in the final year of his deal. And then you look down the road a little bit. You got Jalen Smith and his contract's coming up. And you know Dallas wants to re-sign him. Byron Jones as well, the corner. So the Cowboys cannot reset the market, man, for all three of those players. So I can see where they're coming from as well from a financial angle. So it is really a fascinating situation. Absolutely. Um, somebody's not going to get fed. Um, I mean, me personally, uh, if it's me and I'm and I'm running the GM, I, if I was the GM, uh, one of the Jones guys, I would definitely, I would definitely, uh, I would pay, I would pay Amari, and I definitely would pay Zeke. Um, you know, they are they are definitely the ones that keep my engine running. Uh, you know, Amari was definitely a great uh, bailout option for for Dak last year. Um, you know, and obviously when you look at the taping, Dak's always going to go to the guy that's rolling. Um, he's always going to pass to the guy that he feels the most confidence in. Um, you know, when Des Bryant and 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 Witten was there, um, they received a, a heavy amount um, of the heavy dose of the of the passing um, of the passing game and the and the receptions and. And so, you know, when they got Amari, man, it was the same thing. So I, I would pay those guys, um, and I definitely would. Uh, that, I mean, me personally, I would have never offered him $30 million. I, I would have gave him like 26 28 But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, it's, a, it's a completely different market now. So um, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, so we'll continue to monitor that situation as the preseason unfolds. Of course, there's the whole drama about whether Elliott will report to the team before week one against the New York Giants. So that is something that we're going to keep tabs on as we move forward here into the regular season drill. But how about this other spicy topic, man? Jadavion Clowney, the Houston Texans. There's been some buzz about the Texans shopping Clowney in trade talks, trying to see what type of value they can get for him. They placed the franchise tag on him that would pay him roughly $16 million this season. He's still holding out. When you look at some potential trade landing spots for Jadavion Clowney, Jarrell, what are some teams that you think would make sense for a player the caliber of Jadavion Clowney? Um, okay, so uh, I've got four teams down. Um, there's definitely uh, uh, there definitely could be many more. Um, number one, I will have Detroit. Um, I have them because uh, I think uh, Patricia needs to add another guy along, you know, alongside Trey Flowers. I know those guys, are, you know, Trey works well within the, the, the New England defense, but uh, I'm I'm kind of curious to see how he's going to do being the guy and being the the man where where defenses slide to him, slide to him all the time in their protection. So I think Detroit would be a great addition um, for Clowney. Um, I think Baltimore um, having Terrell Suggs walk out the door, having that that big bruiser, that pass rusher, that mean that mean streak type of guy on the field. Um, I think that they could use a guy uh, like Clowney, and um, 
and his youthfulness and and the fact that he definitely a run through a brick wall and you know and being in that AFC North you got to be tough you got to be physical I think that definitely would be a great as a great place for him to to end up. Um, number three is Atlanta. Um, I think that they need to to bolster their defensive line, their pass rushing um, attack. Um, you know they've had familiar faces that have been there uh, quite a while. Um, you know, it's going to be exciting to see how they how they operate now with the addition of Claiborne back. And they had success with him being um, in that group last year. I mean, the, a couple years ago. And um, but I think that Clowney would definitely add some some uh, uh, definitely uh, some positive insight um, to their defense. Um, and the last one is Tampa. Um, I think with the injury of JPP, I think uh, Clowney could definitely be a, a, a great asset. Um, he's long, he's explosive, like JPP, um, has the ability to, to use his strength and use his, his size and, uh, and his, uh, his athletic ability to, to squeeze through and get around, um, offensive alignment. So I think those four, those four destinations would be great, uh, for clowning. Yeah, that's for sure. In, in a recent report here, Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports, he put out there speculation, of course, that. Clowney would be looking for a five-year extension worth $110 million with his next team. So I think that is the holdout that is stalling these trade talks because you know there's interest in Jadavion Clowney from around the NFL. But a five-year $110 million extension for Clowney, which would pay him $22 million per year, and it would make him the second-highest-paid 3-4 outside linebacker ahead of Von Miller and just below Khalil Mack, who's making $23.5 million there in Chicago. But to those teams that you mentioned, I think some of those do make some sense. For me, obviously, the number one option that would help both sides is how about the Redskins, Jarrell? You know Trent Williams, who's a player that is disgruntled. He's holding out. The Texans are looking for an anchor at left tackle. A player-for-player swap. Trent Williams or Davion Clowney goes to Washington. Because remember, the Redskins, they lost Preston Smith, their outside linebacker, to the Green Bay Packers in free agency. So Jadavion Clowney could fit in very well playing opposite of Ryan Kerrigan. I know they drafted Montez Sweat out of Mississippi State. But in today's NFL, as we know, Jarrell, and you know more as well, that having a strong pass rush is almost mandatory with all the passing that goes on in the NFL. I mean, I agree with you, man. I think, um, you know, having that destination in Washington would be great for him. Um, I think that defense is set up perfectly for him. Um, Ryan Kerrigan is is still an elite pass rusher in this league. Um, you know, having a young guy like Montez Sweat uh, on the other side would be great. Um, I think, you know, what uh, the benefit about having that, um, I think the benefit about Clowney um, adding him on your team is the fact that he can pass rush inside and out. Um, he has the ability to line up over uh, the guard and, and get pressure at the three technique as well as running games with the guys on the outside. Um, so, you know, it definitely would be a great, you know, situation for him in Washington. But, um, you know, Washington is playing hardball right now. Um, you know, Trent Williams, I think they they definitely need to figure out a way to to uh, make their all their all pro uh, left tackle happy. I mean, he's given all he, he's he's done to that organization. Um, and, and Washington is, is once again back in the, the tabloids again uh, as far as uh, as far as mismanaging things, as far as an organization. So 
um, you know, they ha- they're going to have to figure out a way to get back on the good foot. And, you know, if they make that trade for Clowney, then that definitely would, would bring some sunshine to the organization. But until that point, I definitely feel like they need to uh, figure out a way to, to, to uh, rub the back of Trent Williams because he's, uh, he's definitely worth it. And Jarrell, I want to ask you this question because let's, let's get some player perspective into this. We know Trent Williams, his issues with the Redskins, it stems from that medical staff where he had a growth on his head and then also some previous knee issues that he felt the Redskins training staff didn't do a good enough job taking care of him and giving him some preventative measures in that regard. You played for a couple of teams in the NFL. Can you just share a little bit, you know, how important it is for these teams, medical staffs, and the type of roles they play and keeping the chemistry of players up at all times? Um, they're definitely they play a key role, man, you know, because they spend they spend so much time with us. Um, you know, every single day, whether you know, whether it's from six in the morning and you're coming in trying to get extra treatment to um, you know, working on prehab, uh, you know, to try to keep yourself, uh, you know, intact and functionally um, available. You know, at the end of the day, uh, for a coach, uh, you know, the best ability is availability. Like if you can't if you have no uh, ability, you know, if you if you're not available for the team, if you can't um, be out there on the team uh, to, to give your all, then um, at the end of the day, you're no use to the team. And so, you know, the medical staff plays a, a, a vital role in that. And so, you know, with Trent, you know, a lot of these medical staffs try to do things, you know, the same way over and over again. And I understand that, you know, some techniques work and, you know, but at the end of the day, medicine is constantly evolving. Um, training and, and, and uh, equipment is constantly evolving. And so, you know, I understand the rule of, you know, don't, you know, if it's not, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. But, you know, at the end of the day, there's always other options, you know, and, and, um, and, and so at the end of the day, players, Players have uh, new ways of, of getting their bodies prepared to play, and, and you know, training staffs have to respect that. And um, they have to welcome in those new those new chiropractors or welcome in those new, uh, you know, guys that do stem cells and whatnot, um, you know, because that's just where medicine is heading. And as for Williams, he's in the fourth year of his five-year $68 million contract. He stands to make base salaries of $11 million and $12.5 million over the final two years of the deal. Now, the Redskins, they have apparently told teams that they are not going to be trading Williams this summer. There's two teams that are in active pursuit of Williams. It's the New England Patriots and the Miami Dolphins, who are two teams that have checked in on Williams. And, you know, Washington, they've clearly shot down all the offers they've gotten, but it's worth noting that they would save 11.123 million in cap space by trading Williams while taking on about five million dollars in dead money over the next two years so there could be cap relief if they would trade Trent Williams but that situation again is still developing Williams apparently does not want to play for the Redskins any further but Jarrell on that note There's another holdout, and this will be the final topic of today's episode. It's Melvin Gordon for the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, unlike Ezekiel Elliott, Melvin Gordon is in the final year of his contract, meaning he's going to be an unrestricted free agent next year. So he's holding out. He wants some long-term security. He wants to make some money. The Chargers have kind of been dug in on their offer, which I think... 
The latest offer to Melvin Gordon has been around $10 million, and Gordon is aiming for the $12, $13 million per year mark. So when you look at Gordon and the type of impact player he is for a contending L.A. Chargers team, how do you think this team should handle these negotiations? Pay him what he wants. I mean, like, if you think about it, um, I mean, he's been so key for their offense, whether it's, you know, uh, running, whether it's um, handoffs or, you know, running his routes against linebackers, uh, screens, um, lining up wide, splitting out. Um, a lot of these running backs now are doing a lot more than what they used to in the past. Instead of just sitting there blocking and, and sitting in max protection, you know, these guys are going out running routes. These guys are matching up against linebackers and, and they're winning their matchups like, you know, you have to pay these guys. Um, I, I always believe in that. I always believe in the guys that are contributing to the team and what you guys, what you, what you're giving to the team. If, if you're going out there and 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 you're making our team better, then I feel like you always deserve a, a contract. And so, um, you know, in that in that regard, Melvin Gordon is the key piece of their offense. Uh, you know, Keenan Allen is always up and down when it comes to injuries. Uh, you have uh, Henry coming off an injury. Uh, you know, you don't know what you're going to get with Gates. Uh, your number two receiver is, all, is is up and down. We don't necessarily know if they're going to be consistent there at the number two receiver. Um, you have to pay them. I mean, you have to pay these guys, you know, their money. Um, you know, and also when it gets when it gets playoff time and it gets cold, man, and, and you have to travel on the road like you guys did last year, you have to understand that. You know, Phillip Rivers isn't going to be pushing the ball 30, 40 yards down the field when in those type of conditions. You know, as we saw last year in the playoffs, he wasn't throwing balls over over 10, 15 yards. I mean, these balls weren't flying through the through the through the air um, as opposed to the as opposed to his opposing quarterback. So um, you're you're going to need a workhorse like that down the stretch, man. If you if you plan on having any type of success and. Um, I think Anthony Lynn knows how important, um, you know, having a running back or having a person like that on your team is, um, you know, having him as a coach in Buffalo. Um, I think he understood uh, the quality and uh, and definitely uh, the peace in having a, a running back like Shady McCoy because uh, just their ability to be a, a uh, to be a mismatch in the passing game is has always given them the ability to be successful. So if, if they want to have any success, I would say thank you. Yeah, I'm with you there, and, and especially Melvin Gordon. He's on a team, as you mentioned, Jarrell. You got Phillip Rivers. He's 37 years old. He's not a mobile quarterback. And as you start getting into those cold months, and the importance of having a bell cow running back is really important. I understand that you can get away with a running back by committee, but when you look at Melvin Gordon and his skill set, he can catch out of the backfield. And he's one of these backs that really has drastically increased his production each and every season that he's been able to stay healthy and so when you're the Chargers you look at that offense he is a big part and I know Austin Eckler he's a very good back in his own right Justin Jackson emerged a little bit last season but Melvin Gordon is just another tier above both of those guys and I think both sides will eventually find some common ground in talks but that is yet another holdout that a lot of us are tracking this summer and as the regular season is rapidly approaching. So we're going to eventually see what happens on which side blinks first. But hopefully all of these players that are looking for long-term deals can get those situations taken care of because football is always 
way more fun and entertaining to watch when the best of the best are out there. So, Jarrell, thanks again, man, for, for taking the time to join me on today's podcast. Plenty to discuss and, and a lot of ongoing topics in the NFL right now. And so I'm certainly looking forward to watching some more football tonight and into the weekend. Absolutely, man. It's going to be a great experience. Um, I'm more so looking forward to next week because that's really where both playbooks kind of come out offensively and defensively. But um, tonight we're going to enjoy it. Um, we're going to have the opportunity to see some good guys play and, um, and a lot of guys earn some spots. And, and so it's going to be a fun opportunity. Well, Jarrell, enjoy the weekend, bro. Have fun with your family. Take care, and uh, we'll certainly be in contact, and we'll get you back on the podcast soon. My man, Isaac. All right, bro. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.